0: 10 o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Jim and Cake from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Duke Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. It is Monday, the good, the bad, the ugly. Reaction to the Chiefs going to their sixth straight AFC championship game. They're good. Yeah. Even in a year where maybe some of the talent around patrick mahomes isn't as good as it's been their defense played really well really took the well the exception of josh allen really kind of slowed down the run game a little bit but, the, but allen though they they gave up yardage to josh allen that game i tell you what the the, the ravens defense the, the job they did on cj stroud Pretty good, and really, they they really shut down the the Texans' running game was like 38 yards in Saturday's uh, victory for Baltimore. Only 38 yards by the the Texans in that loss. So you got some reaction. Tyler Bass misses the field goal, stirring the echoes of Scott Norwood missing wide right, wide right. In text or call us on the the team line today nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty. Who do you like early predictions? Can the Chiefs go in back to back weeks and win on the road in the playoffs? Because they haven't had to do that. It's always been at Arrowhead. They've always Mm -hmm. been the top seed, and it was the first time Chiefs of course played at Buffalo in the postseason since '93, when when Buffalo won to go to the Super Bowl. Chiefs get the win yesterday. Can they go to M and T Bank and get it done on Sunday? We'll see. We were talking the last Friday. I still like the Ravens. Still like the Ravens at home in this one. But the Chiefs have got to feel like, hey, we we went there. We got it done. We got it done on the road against Buffalo. A team that was really red hot to finish the season. We haven't had to go on the road in the playoffs. Right. And we got it done. That's got to be a huge confidence booster for Andy Reid's team.
1: We We talked about last Friday, the quarterback that has the most to prove. I think... We were, uh, you said Josh Allen, if I remember correctly. No, I
0: I said Lamar Jackson. Oh, you did say Lamar, okay. Because Lamar's now now two and three in the playoffs.
1: Well, now he's got the biggest challenge, arguably, of his career, which is... Get to a Super Bowl. Get to a, and not just do that, but get to a Super Bowl via playing a team that for this sixth straight year is in the conference title game. They've been there before. Three of those times they've won it and gone on to the Super Bowl. We will see. Because you got you to ask the question, and it's a fair question. If Lamar Jackson loses the AFC Championship game to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, who, again, are there for the sixth straight year in a row, does that kind of I don't want to say like but but does that kind of stick to the narrative of Lamar Jackson can't get it done in the postseason uh, you know contributes
0: because this year with that defense they, they brought in Odell Beckham Jr. they brought they have more weapons around him than they previously have while they've lost, they've also had to deal with a lot of injuries. At the running back spot, J.K. Dobbins going down, most notably, uh, with the Achilles. But they have found a way. They, they bring in Dalvin Cook. They, uh, Justice Hill's been pretty good there. Gus Edwards. So I mean, they found a way to, to replenish the losses of, of, of a couple of the backs, notably right. Dobbins, uh, early on in the season. But their defense is, is a typical Baltimore Ravens defense playing fantastic football. And the offense has been very much the equal of the defense this season. And so with, with, with the job that, that Todd Monken's done with the offense. And so I just think they're, they're, the, they're the number one seed. They've never, this is the best position they've been in. It's yeah. the best position that he's been in. They're coming off a win, a game that he played well. And if they lose, it will be... Yeah, even if Lamar plays great, it's still going to be bad, yeah, but you know, they, they still lost. They lost in the AFC Championship game in a year where they had a phenomenal defense and they, they brought all this talent in. It's Because a the quarterback, once again, we've talked about it a lot, gets too much credit, takes too much blame and even if he plays well Sunday against the Chiefs, somehow somebody will find a way to blame Lamar Jackson for them not getting to the Super Bowl if they lose to Kansas City. I just think that's, that'll, that will be part of the narrative.
1: Yeah. As so, unfair as it would be. Probably, un, pro-
0: very unfair, but that will probably be what, what the story is. Well, he, he didn't make enough plays to get them there. He didn't do enough. Well, he ran for 120 yards and two touchdowns, and he threw threw for for two more. 280 and threw for two touchdowns and a pick.
1: Parked John Harbaugh's car.
0: Laundered everybody's uniforms and took everybody out for dinner. Got coffee for the equipment team, you know. (laughs) And And it'll still be, yeah, he didn't do enough. Didn't play well enough when they needed him to play well. There'll be some kind of narrative that if they lose. It was interesting the uh, interaction with uh, the Chiefs and the Bills fans. Oh, the throwing of the snowballs! Come on, come on, Bills fans! Come you know, on, you know come better. On, come on, Bills Mafia, you're better than that. And but uh, Kelsey got him. Travis Kelsey got him stirred up. Chris Jones really got him stirred up with the
1: bye, bye, bye. Have a beautiful time, bye.
0: Oh, all right. So, you got some thoughts about uh, the divisional games this past weekend, the passing of Larry Zimmer, the uh, great uh, play-by-play voice for the the Buffs and also uh, called the Broncos as well during his tenure at eight fifty Koa. Larry passing away at the age of eighty eight this past weekend. So, uh, love to hear from you today on the team line 970-242-1340. Jim along with Cake. Cake will be in for a uh, Buckeye the rest of the week uh, here in the. Uh, Bozarth Miller, Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. All right, uh, let's uh, go back to this past weekend, a little recap of Colorado Mesa basketball as both uh, Maverick basketball teams uh, were in action at home against the South Dakota schools. Black Hill State on Friday and uh, squared off against uh, South Dakota Mines on Saturday over at Brownson Arena. Maverick uh, women uh, sweeping the weekend and after the game on Saturday, Paxton Ritchie from uh, the CMU Sports Information Department had the chance to catch up with uh, Maverick coach Taylor Wagner after the win against the Hard Rockers.
2: All right, we're here with head coach Taylor Wagner. Coach, 13-point margin of victory. You guys went on a 12-0 run late in the fourth quarter with about three, four minutes left talk about what you saw during that stretch of the game that allowed you guys to kind of pull away after it was close for a lot of the
3: games yeah I mean the whole game was close and I'm just glad we had enough minutes at the end to kind of finish it out I thought they played well and you know it looked like we were the team that drove five hours to play this game you know so I'm just glad we got the win because I didn't think it was you know one of our finest games but you know we always when you have those big games on Friday and it's all You're always susceptible to have a letdown on Saturday night. and We had that for about 35 minutes. I'm just
2: glad the girls played hard the last little bit. You guys had, uh, I think, three or four players in double figures. Talk about how the offense sort of found its way into a lot of girls having productive nights, even sharing the load.
3: Yeah, I thought they guarded us really well in the first half, and then we were lucky. We'd, at halftime, we said we got to make shots. You know they're packing it in on the drives and helping on Olivia. We've got to make shots from the perimeter, and once we hit a couple of those, then it started to open things up for us.
2: Yeah, and it seemed like once you guys hit the perimeter shots, they were doubling Olivia a lot early, and it seemed like you guys were able to feed her in the second half.
3: Yeah, and that's what we want to do, and you know they got to pick their poison, but we got to be able to, we got to be able to hit our shots too. So it goes both ways.
0: All right, that's Taylor Wagner with Paxton Ritchie. So the Maverick women uh, get the victory. Uh, over the, the Hard Rockers on on Saturday, 71-58, to 58, a 12-0 run in the in the fourth quarter really put that game away. You mentioned Olivia Reed, uh, another big game for the Mavericks, 16 points, seven rebounds. She blocked three shots. She had a steal and three assists. Mason Rowland came off the bench with 15 points. Kylie Kravig uh, with one of her better games, actually, uh, in, in terms of scoring. She had 15 points. She had a couple of threes in that game. She had seven assists, four steals. And, and she played all but but three and a half minutes in that game. Kylie Kravig with a with a with, with a really, really good game Saturday against South Dakota mines but uh, but but Taylor's right. I mean they it, it, it got off to a very slow start. Um, they did feel like it almost seemed like they were the team that, that made the <laughs> they were the road team and yeah. that made the long the long journey and it. Uh, Maverick women able to uh, right the ship with that uh, really strong fourth quarter. Uh, of course, they had uh, the just the the two point victory the night before against Black Hill State, so maybe a little bit of a, a hangover from that one. Uh, Sophie Haydad had scored 14 points to lead uh, the Maverick women to the win over uh, Black Hill State, but the Mavericks now 14 and four, eight and three in the Armac uh, after that win on Saturday against uh, South Dakota Mines. So the the Maverick women get the weekend sweep. The Maverick men they remain undefeated in Armac play. After they knocked off both Black Hill State and South Dakota mines after the win of the Hard Rockers, Baxter Richie talked with Mike DeGeorge.
2: We're here with head coach Mike DeGeorge, 8156 final here tonight. Talked a lot about this team having big second halves. How's it how's it feel to have a big first half?
4: Yeah, it was good to see us get off to a good start and um, you know and we, we obviously got up to a little bit of a slow start, but we finished half strong and were able to build the lead and and you know again it's we're feeding more off of our defense now. Uh, over these last couple of weeks and been holding teams down and then just a matter of time when are those shots going to fall and then we're able to go
2: on runs and it happened tonight in the first half which is great to see you talked about shots falling you had nine different guys hit a three tonight how tough is that for the other team when they feel like they got to cover everybody from the perimeter and once they do that you guys can just pound it inside
4: that's what coach Glenn was just saying is that you know we just stretch you out so much and everybody's willing to shoot it And we got guys that can attack and finish so it really just puts a lot of pressure on the other team's defense
2: coach couple of great wins this weekend friday probably the biggest game of the season with fort lewis coming here it's going to be the blizzard and bronson talk about your expectations for that game and, and uh, what you know what the fans should come out and do.
4: Well, this group's worked really hard, and they want to play in big games against great teams, and Friday will be the first of hopefully many here coming over the next couple of months.
0: All right, so there's uh, Paxton Ritchie with Mike DeGeorge from uh, Saturday night with the Maverick men getting the, the victory over uh, South Dakota Mines, 81-56. to They hit 14 threes. They shot 50% from three-point <laughs> range in the first <laughs> half. And I like what Kyle Bochet said. He's like, you know, if we do that... We're going to be okay. Yeah. Um, we'll be fine. Yeah, we'll be fine. And they certainly were. They finished at 36% for the game. But uh, Trevor Baskin, 16 points. Mac Reneker, who reached the 1,000-point mark uh, in Friday's win over Black Hills State, had 11 points. Aiden Cool continues to be really good. Uh, and now in the starting role with 11 points. But how about Sam Goulet? Yeah. Sam comes off the bench. It's back-to-back threes finishes with with 10 points played 17 minutes i believe he had six rebounds uh sam goulay the, the the junior played really well off the bench uh for the mavericks saturday night in that win against um, south dakota mines and mentioned they also uh faced black hill state which is not the same team that they've been in the past no with the uh, with the five players that have departed most notably uh joel scott transferring to, to colorado state that uh certainly they're they're not as good as they've been, but uh, Maverick's getting the eighty to fifty seven win on Friday night once again, Mac Rineker reaching the thousand point mark and this season I mean he's really up to scoring he's got oh, yeah. like a nine point four career scoring average average you know like fifteen point two points per game this season to now reach a thousand points in his career, of course last year, Trevor Baskin. And Blaze Three, who's now at Weber State, uh, both reached 1,000 points. And now this year, you have uh, Matt Grineker joining uh, that group. The 21st Mav to score 1,000 points in his career.
1: Something uh, just kind of uh, slightly related to Saturday's game. I don't know if you had the chance to hear it, but when I was introducing for public address announcing the Mavs players and coaches, I snuck in for Mike DeGeorge and your head coach the notorious MDG Mike DeGeorge and I looked to see what his reaction would be he's just got this smile and then I think the ref went up and asked him like wait what What did he just say what did he just call you and then I think Mike had to explain like oh yeah he's one of the radio guys and that's what they call me they they
0: call me that and did you get a thing after the game where Mike said hey don't do that again
1: he I uh, no? No? Okay. So I well, think nobody nobody told you to not say it again? When okay. he comes on the program uh will be tomorrow. Tomorrow uh we can certainly ask. Well, cuz you you'll be
0: doing that again. You'll be doing PA again and, at some point not this yeah, Friday cuz I'll, I'll be you'll be up doing in the, the game, but um but yeah. Um we'll have to ask him tomorrow. See if he's okay with that. Like we we good? Cuz I don't I don't. I don't, the, I, I don't think I caught it. I think I was. We'd have to trying, go back to the tape. But my my mind was obviously on during calling de- the call, game. calling the game. But but that's cool that you did that. As long as Mike's okay with it, that's it's all that matters. As long as Mike's okay with it.
1: He, he seemed like he enjoyed it. And then of course his team went out and won. Won. So oh, I mean, yeah. They
0: uh, remain undefeated in RMAC play. Eighth ranked uh, team in the nation. Now, uh, 11-0 in conference play, 15-2 overall. And uh, Fort Lewis, they're 10-1. Mine's 10-1. Fort Lewis comes in for the Blizzard of Brownson, presented by Coca-Cola, coming up on Friday. Uh, over at Brownson. We'll have it here on the Team CMU Sports Network with the uh, women's pregame at 5-15. They'll tip it at 5-30. Men at 7-30, brought to you by Ken Richards State Farm. So, um, no Saturday game for the Mavericks, just Friday. And then, of course, they're at Western on Tuesday uh, next week. So, uh, here on the team cmu sports network all right nine sixteen. jim along with the uh, cake quick uh, look back at the high school basketball weekend we've talked a lot of uh, high school basketball this morning with uh, uh, of course uh, john Sedanich, central coach uh, ryan voringer at montrose and uh, michael wells at fertile monument the fertile monument boys basketball team still unbeaten after a pair of wins over the weekend the 16 and 0 wildcats open defense of their southwestern league title the 61 to 44 home win over grand junction friday night jet wells and Austin Reed each scored 14 points apiece in the win. The Tigers' Declan Lake posted a game-high 15 points. Saturday, Fruta Monument knocked off Battle Mountain 70-28 for their best start in the Max Preps era. Jet Wells had 21 to lead the Wildcats as they host Montrose tomorrow night on the Team Sports Network. And after their loss to Fruta, Grand Junction dropped 0-2 in the league with a 54-40 home loss to Durango. The Tigers' Will Applegate scored 10 points as Grand Junction falls to 10 and 5 central boys basketball team is 2-0 in league after defeating durango friday 51 to 39 the warriors asher carter led central at 10 points as they improved to eight and six overall the warriors host grand junction tomorrow night on the team sports network with full court coverage starting at five o'clock palisade lost to Glenwood springs 62 51 on friday Bulldogs' center howard scored 13 points as palisade slips to six and ten overall they're and one in the western slope league montrose is a winner saturday against eagle valley 50 to 35 the Red Oaks Caleb Ferguson exploded for a game-high 30 points as Montrose moves to 11 and 2 overall Montrose plays at Furto Monument, Monument tomorrow night part of our full court coverage on the Team Sports Network elsewhere the uh, Delta Boys split their weekend games in 4A Western Slope League action Panthers lost at home to Aspen 58-55 on Friday but bounced back with a 71 to 63 win at Moffat County Saturday Delta improves to 5 and 8 overall 3 and 2 in league they play at Basalt Friday on the Monkeys Highway 50 game of the week moving on to the girls for monument girls uh, on a four game winning streak after wins on friday and saturday the wildcats open defense of their southwestern league championship with a 58 to 15 home win friday over grand junction Liv campbell scored a game i 21 points to pace fruto with harper young's five points leading the tigers The loss drops grand junction to four nine overall 0 one in league the wildcats are now 12 and two after beating battle mountain 75 to 18 saturday wildcats live campbell scoring 14 points at they host montrose tuesday night on the team sports network think about that gave up 15 to grand junction and just 18 to battle mountain that's uh that's pretty good jeff johnson has to like what he saw from his team on the defensive end this past weekend central girls they're 2-0 in league with their 52-33 home win over durango warriors house grand junction tomorrow right here on the team palisade girls open uh, opened uh, 5a western slope league action where a went on friday at glenwood 51-31 bulldogs are 11-5 and overall Montrose moved to 10-3 with their 54-16 home win over Eagle Valley. The Redhawks' Macy Oberg led the way with 15 points. Also, uh, the Delta girls moved to 4-0 in the Western Slope League with their 56-47 win at Moffat County on Saturday. The Panthers are 9-4, and they play at Basalt on Friday. Once again, we'll have that game part of our Highway 50 Game of the Week coverage over on the Monkey. All right, 9-19, Jim along with Cake from the Bozarth-Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios We'll take a break. We'll come back with more on the Team Sports Network.
3: Fantastic. Not just crap.
1: <laughs> the Team presents The Jim Davis Show
0: on Colorado's sports leader, The Team. Welcome back, 922. Jim, along with Cake. From the soundtrack of the movie Vision Quest, <laughs> I've about that before. Matthew Modine is the wrestler, as like a, a college wrestler, not a not a professional wrestler. He's a college wrestler.
1: That's a deep cut right there. Yeah.
0: And uh, Tom Cochran, of course, went on to do Life Is a Highway. Did that song as a solo act. Uh, he's been out uh, touring in recent years under the Red Rider moniker. Huh. Canadian uh, performer. There you go. Little. Cool news about uh, tom cochran if you were not familiar with uh with tom cochran all right uh, it's a uh, 9 23 and it's uh, time to jump into four down territory this
1: morning we're into four down territory on the jim davis show on the team
0: <laughs> all right first down 49 ers packers the highest saturday nfl rating since 1994 and it looks like it'll be the most watched Saturday telecast on any network since the 94 Winter Olympics. <laughs> Broadcast on Fox, 37 and a half million viewers peaked at 40.9 million late in the game. Wow, ratings up 31% over the Eagles-Giants game that aired in the same window last season. And looks like it'll be the most watched NFL divisional round Saturday game ever and Fox's most-watched Saturday broadcast in network history. Once again, for those of you that thought the NFL was dead...
1: Yeah, so fast, reminder. my friend.
0: This is a reminder. It's it was in decline or whatever. Those are astronomical numbers for the game on Saturday. All right. Second down. Tara Vandiver becomes the winningest coach in college basketball history. Period. The, the 70 years old, the coach of the Stanford Cardinal. They beat Oregon State. She's now in her 38th season at Stanford. Career record of 1,203 and 267. Passing the retired Mike Shashevsky as the winningest coach in college basketball. Men or women, period. Congratulations to her.
1: Absolutely. Well done. Third down. This comes to us uh, from Brian Howell, the Daily uh, Camera. In Boulder. Speaking of women's basketball, Colorado women's basketball setting number one attendance records. Saturday, I believe it was, or Friday, 11,388 fans. And then Sunday, yeah, Sunday against USC was 9,111 in front of USC. And with the win Sunday, Colorado women's basketball has defeated three top 10 teams in the same season for the first time ever the win against lsu the win against stanford and the win against usc and they also have a win against number 12 utah so that's pretty impressive
0: unfortunately though couldn't get it done against
1: ucla it was, yeah that one stuff uh fourth down from bleacher report patrick mahomes his record in the postseason is eight and two when trailing seven or more points. Do you know who the two losses came against? What what player specifically? What player? What player specifically? This is in the postseason. This is the postseason to- oh. Patrick Mahomes is eight and two in the playoffs, went down seven or more points. The two losses coming against one player specifically.
0: Talking quarterback? Maybe. Trying to think. Joe Burrow? Nope. I I don't know. Tom? Tom Brady. Brady. Oh, Tom Brady. Oh, okay. Super Bowl. Okay. Yes. Very good. All right. That is for down territory this morning. And it's time for this day in sports history. That's the story of the greatest sport moment of all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time.
1: It's this day in sports history.
0: All right, uh, 1920, the New York Yankees announced they'll be the first team to wear uniform numbers according to the player's position in the batting order. That was, the, of course, the, the early genesis of players wearing numbers because they didn't want to pass out. I don't know. Even if you had a roster, you'd have to know what they look like. So that was some genius on the part of the Yankees. Uh, also on this day, 1962, Bob Feller and Jackie Robinson are electing to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Robinson, who had the distinction to become the first black player in the major leagues, is also the first to enter the Hall of Fame. 1968, the NBA awards expansion franchises to Milwaukee and Phoenix, 1968. 19- 73, George Foreman knocks out Joe Frazier in the second round in Kingston, Jamaica, to win the world heavyweight title. Also on this day, go back to 1984. New York's Pat LaFontaine reaches the 1,000-point mark, scoring his 19th goal in the Rangers' 4-3 loss to Philadelphia. 2012, the New England Patriots beat the stunned Baltimore Ravens 23-20 in the AFC Championship game after Baltimore's Billy Cundiff misses a 32-yard field goal attempt with 11 seconds left. That would have tied the score. And on and on the state 2017, New England's Tom Brady Tom passes for a Patriots playoff record 384 yards, going 32 of 42, with three touchdowns to lead the Patriots to the Super Bowl with a 36 to 17 win over the Steelers, and that's this day in sports history. Who do we have on the team line this morning?
1: We have Paul checking in after it's a bit of a, some connection issues. We got him on the okay. line. Okay, Paul. Good morning. How are
5: you? Well, hard to be heard. I assume.
0: <laughs> well, now now we can hear you. I think we're good. What's on your mind, my friend?
5: Hey, let me ask you guys a, a real question: Are we watching the emergence with Patrick Mahomes of the new goat, potentially the new goat? Yes, he's got to win some more Super Bowls. This guy's amazing. He's incredible with what we're watching.
1: I completely agree.
0: Yeah, I, I think that he's certainly. You have to start thinking about that when it comes to Patrick Mahomes. I yeah, I Paul, I can't I can't sit here and say that. Yeah, he's he's still he – he's got to win some more Super Bowls, and certainly that that's going to be part of the, the resume moving forward. But time is on his side. Young guy, he's managed to stay healthy. And now I think if you're the, the Chiefs, you have to start – you have to really start addressing two things. Number one, is Andy Reid going to retire and what the impact could be on Mahomes from that standpoint? But also getting more playmakers around him from the receiver standpoint, that's going to be, a, a, I think, a factor moving forward as well. For him, but we saw Tom Brady, you know, take uh, chicken poop and turn it into chicken salad when it came to, to skill guys around him, and he got to Super Bowls and won them. So maybe Mahomes can do the same thing. It kind of feels like he's doing a little bit of that right now with some of the wide receivers that they have.
5: Boy, how smart did the Chiefs look signing him up for ten years for half a billion dollars three years ago?
0: Yeah, that's uh, th- that's an investment, uh, a-, a very good investment on the part of of the Hunt family to do that.
5: Okay, I'll throw one more at you.
4: Sure.
5: He's talking about Belichick down in Atlanta or wherever. He, how about Belichick up in Buffalo? Has Sean McDermott gone as yeah. far as he can go?
0: I don't know. That That's a possibility. You know Another one that he hasn't interviewed with that I keep hearing a lot about is Washington. Because of his father coaching, of course, uh, you know, in the area at you know and and it's you know the the coaching at uh, annapolis and and the connection to the washington area the baltimore in in baltimore maryland that and and he has his boat and he likes the east coast but atlanta seems to be the one where they're a young team and he wants a young team that's on the cusp and atlanta feels like that they're the team on the cusp right now but buffalo would be interesting it'd still be on the east coast uh, team's got a still a young quarterback in Josh Allen. They're they're they kind of feel you know, once again Buffalo's always on the verge. and Maybe Sean McDermott. You're right, Paul's taking them as as far as he can. But we haven't heard anything about Buffalo. I don't,
5: I don't think he's going to Washington. They're too far away from competing. Um, he's got a phenomenal quarterback in Buffalo. He's got he's not going to the Chargers. That's for sure.
2: Um, Atlanta.
5: I thought I, I after last night, maybe McDermott keeps bringing him right to the to the edge of getting into the AFC Championship, and he keeps figuring out how to lose it with stupid fake punts, kickers that can't make a thirty-yard field goal. I, mean, I don't know.
0: It's a possibility. I mean, maybe that's something that Pagulas will be thinking about today. Whether Sean McDermott, with Belichick out there, you know, do we do we need to pull the trigger? And would Bill Belichick be interested in coming to Buffalo? Um, that's, I I would think from a, from a talent standpoint that they have, Buffalo makes a lot of sense from, 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 uh... from what you're, what you're saying now, the question is, will the Pagoulas, uh, get rid of Sean McDermott. Hey, Paul, I appreciate it. Thanks for calling in. Cheers. All right. Take care. All right. uh, Paul calling today. Real quick,
1: something to, uh, Paul's question about will Patrick Mahomes eventually be considered better than Tom Brady, depending on how the rest of his career trajectory plays out. So according to the numbers, by age 27 for both quarterbacks, this is where they were. Brady already had three Super Bowls. Mahomes has two. The Super Bowl wins. close, yeah. Uh, But they also had the same number of Super Bowl MVPs. And Mahomes actually has more AFC championship games by this same age than Brady because Brady had three and Mahomes had five again by the age of 27. This is where it gets crazy. Um, Regular season record by the age of 27, Tom Brady, 58 and 20. Mahomes, 64 and 16. Yeah. Passing yards, Brady, 18,035. Mahomes, 24,241. Passing touchdowns, Brady, 123. Mahomes, 192. Completion percentage, Brady 61.9, Mahomes 66.3. Interceptions, Brady 66, Mahomes 49. So if Patrick Mahomes stays on the course that he is right now, don't look now, but he very well could surpass Tom for uh, arguably greatest fall. I mean, he's, look, at this point, he's already kind of cemented himself as being a Hall of Famer anyway. Like, he could probably retire, like...
0: Well, would be a first ballot Hall of Famer if he said, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. He, he would go into the Hall of Fame. And... But there's, there's still a lot there on the table there's for him. There's so much left for him. He could He could very well end up being the greatest of all time. Now it's going to get down to can can he equal can he equal what Brady has done in terms of championships? And he did it with two different teams. And to get to get to seven Super Bowls, to win seven Super Bowls? That's still a pretty tall order because that'll be that'll be part of the separation between the two. Will be because statistically completion percentage yardage, those those things, touchdown, interception ratio, are going to be pretty comparable between these two guys. It'll get down to championships. And can he he win seven when it's all said and done? But certainly he deserves to be in in that conversation right now uh, with with Brady. All right, 935, Jim along with Cake today from the Bozarth-Miller, Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. All right, coming up, we'll, we'll, we'll take a break, and uh, we'll have garbage time on the way. But also, tomorrow, Todd Helton will find out if he's going into the Baseball Hall of Fame. We will, uh, we will dive into that coming up next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network.
1: It's the Western Slopes home of Colorado sports. Come on. This is the Jim Davis Show. Joe now batting for the Colorado Rockies. Right fielder number 19, Charlie Blackman. But wait a minute. Chuck's not up for the Hall of Fame,
0: but the guy whose number is retired by the Rockies.
1: Number number, 17. Number 17, Todd
0: Elton. We'll find out tomorrow if he's going to go into Cooperstown.
1: I was trying to find... Todd Helton's walk-up song on the internet. I couldn't find it.
0: I'll be honest. I don't remember what his walk-up song was. Darn it. One of these I... days... Pyle, if you know, you
1: want to send it I'm our way. Only, I'm
0: quickly Googling here because I don't remember
1: what his walk-up song was. Which probably tells you all you need to know. Let's see. According to...
3: Uh let's
0: see top ten Rockies walk-up songs. I'm looking here to say uh, um, Oh, this is that's me. I'm not I'm not seeing what his walk-up song was. Anyway, if you um if you happen to find it or if you know it file, share it with us. We because I do not remember what his walk-up song was. But Todd Helton, maybe he'll play that song if he goes into the Hall of Fame. He'll find out tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow afternoon or late late afternoon, he'll find out. He's in his sixth year on the ballot. He needs 75% of the vote from the eligible members of the Baseball Writers Association of America to get selected. Now, Friday, he had about 83.4% of the vote according to the Baseball Hall of Fame vote tracker. Okay. That's and- good. And Based on 170 ballots that have been made public, also 11 anonymous ballots as well. So at 47.1% of the estimated 384 ballots cast. Ryan Thibodeau is a guy that uh, heads up the the vote tracker. Been doing that the last 11 years. He told the Denver Post it's going to be close and there's going to be some tension, but it looks like Helton is on a path to make it. He did, though, say, Thibodeau did, that players like Helton, who are not clear-cut first ballot Hall of Famers, their voting percentage generally drops by about 6% when the official totals are announced. So he thinks the numbers will drop a little bit, but he thinks he'll still probably get in.
1: I hope he gets in. If for no other reason than just... And I get it. in In the cosmic history of baseball, in the long history of baseball... The Colorado Rockies are a 30-year-long footnote. Oh, they went to the World Series in 2007 and got swept. You know, they... they the, the franchise has been much maligned, and there's always been sort of this stigma about, well, you play a course field, higher altitude, elevation, ball carries, blah, 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 blah. There's always going to be that stench that... Every Rocky... Larry Walker had to wipe the stench off of that. And I think part of that was just... Was because he ultimately got a ring elsewhere. But he was still one of the greatest Rockies of all times. And Todd Helton is ostensibly the greatest player in Colorado Rockies history. How do you not put the best player of all time of a team in the Hall of Fame? How do you not?
0: Th- that's a fair thing to ask. And, and I think when you look at Helton 2000 to 2005, he, he was one of the best players in baseball. Had a 42.1 B-War, was third in the majors, only buying Barry Bonds and Alex Rodriguez in that number. Made five all-star teams, won three gold gloves. But then the numbers started to to tail off at the end of his career, and that's that factors in. But one of the things that's kind of interesting, The Athletic has a really good piece on this with Peter Gammons, Jason Stark, and Ken Rosenthal. Some classic OG baseball writers talking about uh, the vote coming out tomorrow. And one of the things that was brought up was about Helton, who got just 16.5% of the vote in his first year. You know, it it continues to climb and came 11 votes shy of, of making it last year. And one of the things that they thought hurt Helton initially was that there were seven future Hall of Famers on the ballot his first year back in 2019. And then you had Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and Kurt Schilling, all controversial guys in yep. regard to whether they should be in the Hall of Fame or not. And then also Billy Wagner and Andrew Jones, who could also end up getting voted into the Hall of Fame, if not this year, maybe next year. And so that kind of, got him off to a a challenging start because of all the future Hall of Famers, some of the names that were on the ballot that year. He kind of got lost in the whole process and people weren't thinking about Todd Helton and, of course, the connection to playing at altitude. Those things will will always be a, a millstone around any offensive player's you yeah. know, neck that, that comes from the Rockies organization. 100%. Well, one of the things I thought was was interesting in this piece was Ken Rosenthal talking about how how vote totals change over the years how players numbers are players numbers they're retired they don't they don't get to add to their numbers their numbers are what all you can do is look at the career that they had the 12 the 13 14 years or whatever that body of work it's not like they played 12 or 13 years sat out a couple of years and then came back and played again they don't you don't get to add to your your resume, right? Your resume is what it is, and how Rosenthal kind of goes. It's kind of interesting how how your resume is what it is, but the vote total changes, and people's perspective of those numbers are are constantly evolving when it comes to baseball writers. He feels like there's some valid explanations for that as well. You know, he says, as a voter. I try to remain open-minded, and I give my ballot a fresh look every year. A rigid outlook is a is counterproductive, particularly at a time when advanced metrics enables us to view players perhaps differently than we did when they were active. And so, that's become the new wrinkle: is advanced analytics to look more more deeply into the numbers to go, yeah, that he was better than blah blah blah, or yeah, maybe he wasn't as good as we thought he was, and so right. and so is better in in these different metrics. So we will find out tomorrow uh, and hopefully todd helton is in the baseball hall of fame and uh, keeping our fingers crossed for him because absolutely like one, of the, one of the all-time great defensive first basemen and you know, from an offensive standpoint one of the all-time great doubles hitters nobody nobody you know banged out you know doubles to the alley as much as as todd helton did in his career and was a, was a st- steady hand at first base, leaving this ball club for many, 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 many years. So hopefully tomorrow will be the day we find out the Rockies get their second representative into the Major League Baseball or to the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, uh, New York. All right, 946, Jim along with cake today. Let's see, I uh, got one from Bry Guy. Uh, he says, I think Helton's walk-up song was Springsteen by Eric Church. Jim Landis said the same thing. Okay. So.
1: We'll have it for tomorrow. Okay, very good. And hopefully. Hopefully with good things to come.
0: Good things to come. A a precursor of hopefully good news tomorrow for Todd Helton. All right, 947. Time to wrap it up with some garbage time. We're
1: taking out the trash. It's garbage time on the Jim Davis Show on the team.
5: Oh, uh wow.
0: all right, you're you're not going to like this because oh I know how much you you thoroughly love Deion Sanders, and I, I don't hate Deion Sanders. I've never hated Deion Sanders, but bring on when, the slander. Here we go. But, but when when you do certain things, when you make certain decisions, they have to be criticized if they're if they're worthy of criticism. Mm-hmm. Do you know Do you know where I'm going with this? That he went skiing in Vail recently? No, I don't care about that. No, I don't, that's his deal. I don't care. What do you do? Shadur's skiing, I'm a little more concerned. But letting, having Shiloh and Shadur go to Paris to model, which I don't care about, That that's fine. If they want to do that, they did it, uh, Pharrell Williams has a clothing line. They went there and modeled in Paris. That's fine. But here's the problem. They walked the runway during the start of winter meetings in Boulder for the Buffalo's football team. Okay, that, you, eh, that's you, a bad look. You don't, you don't get to sit there and talk about it. we've got to be disciplined, and we've got to be committed, and we've got to have dogs here, and blah, blah, blah. You know, Sanders told the team that we don't we don't play tardiness, but we apparently play hypocrisy. We apparently think it's okay because if you're if it was Xavier William or Xavier excuse me Xavier oh gosh Weaver excuse me Xavier Weaver
1: who actually just today
0: declared the NFL draft no say it was him he's going to stick around and he said hey Coach Prime I'm I'm going to go do this TV you know comm- I'm going to do a commercial I'm going to be on the show I'm going to miss winter meetings you think Deion Sanders would have been Xavier no problem I'm good with that. No, he would have said, where's your commitment to the to the program? No, you're not. No, you have to be here. But when it's his kids going to Paris to be in a fashion show, and one of them is his quarterback. Come on, Dion. Don't 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 be hypocritical. Don't don't sit there and question guys and their dedication to the program. And we need guys at meetings. We need guys to buy in. When you tell your own kids, it's okay to go to Paris and miss winter meetings. If I'm a player on that team, I got bull crap. Do not hold me to a different standard than you hold your own kids. That's why it's difficult for coaches to coach their own kids. Sometimes coaches overcompensate. Sometimes they're, they're so rough and draconian on their own kids. It's not even funny that they're harder on their own kids than anybody else on the team. And sometimes that's not fair to their kids. Right. Or you have this where, guys, you going to go to Paris? Fine with me. Miss the winter meetings. I don't care. Enjoy your time on the runway. And I don't care. It's it's not like it's a fashion show thing that I have some problem with a, that being a fashion show. I don't care. That's great. Cool for them. Well, and you but, know. But it's in anything. It's like for that, if it was death in the family or some personal crisis or something that was going on, that, that they kept them from being there, which would also probably keep Coach Prime from being there as well, you would think. That's understandable. This is, they, they were in a fashion show. It could have been a commercial shoot, could have been anything. And I'd still feel the same way. Don't sit there and preach about discipline and responsibility and all, all this stuff, but you let you, two important players. If they were not, if Sanders was not their last name, do you think that Shadur and Shiloh would be in Paris modeling? Hell no, they wouldn't be. Come on, Coach Prime, don't, don't be a hypocrite. Because that's the kind of stuff that, to me, I have a problem with. Don't, you can't treat all the players all, equally all the time the, the same way. I, I get that. Some guys respond to different types of motivation differently, and and there's not a one-size-fit-all thing. This is a one-size-fit-all thing. Either you're committed to being there and being part of bouncing back after a four-win season, or you're not. Or you're more concerned about your brand and concerned about being a model in Paris. I don't I, I don't think I'm out of line on this. I don't think I'm, I'm I, do, I, don't, well, I don't think I'm being a crab, crabby old man either. I think it's, it's either either you're going to expect all the guys to be there or nobody you don't expect anybody to be there.
1: I think it's I think it's a horrible look. I it's I terrible agree. Look. It's, it's it's an awful look. The optics are terrible. I agree and yes, there is an element of of hypocrisy.
0: This is the stuff that why people call him out on things. This is the stuff that he does you go what the hell is that? Don't don't preach to me this commitment to the program and and greatness and blah 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 when you're cutting your your kids' slack to go
1: model in Paris. I have to wonder though if maybe there was a contractual obligation that they that I don't care. Charlotte Cheddar had to upheld on their I end. don't care. <laughs> I don't give a rat's patootie. I don't care. When well, you talk about commitment. Committing to the to the should have committed that your
0: first commitments to me to to me as the coach of the football team to your teammates your commitment is to your team, not to your brand. I get it. You don't want to violate a contract. I get that. But how about maybe you look at that contract and go, Well, oh, wait a minute. That's when we start winter football meetings. That's probably not a good time for me
1: to be gone. I'm going to have to probably pass on this. Sorry. Okay, let me ask you this, and then we'll, we'll move on. Do you think Shiloh and Shadur Sanders not being at the winter football meetings costs them the Big 12 or whatever? No,
0: absolutely not. No, there it, you it, go. But from a team-building standpoint, if I treat you differently than Buckeye, if I let him do anything he wants to do, and I don't let you do things that you've been here and you've earned that opportunity, because you've now been here quite some time, mm-hmm. how you going to feel about
1: that? That's no, that's fair. I, I'm Just, I don't disagree that if it's, my, it's terrible. If my,
0: my kid, one of my kids decided to work in our sports department. I'm like, Hey, they're going to be doing play by play all the time over the two of you. But, uh, they don't have to work nearly as hard as you. They don't have to go out and cover things or whatever, write stories or whatever. How are you going to feel about that? It's fair enough. You off, isn't it? Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. It's not going to, like I said, I agree. It's not going to cost them big picture. It's not going to cost them. A big 12 or anything like that it's a really bad look
1: though it's, it is a terrible look and i i it's a terrible look i agree it's a terrible look but i also think it's just that it's a bad look i don't think it's going to do any actual actual damage we'll see you in a few months though
0: but it speaks to at least in my opinion how he runs his ship yeah you gonna let your kids do stuff that you know, other players can not do
1: okay i know we run it up against here you
0: got anything else or
1: um, I think we'll save some of Mark Johnson's Larry Zimmer tribute for tomorrow. Yeah, let's, let's do that tomorrow. Let's do that. Um, by we'll the way, I had I sort of misinterpreted my own fact. I said uh, Patrick Mahal or yeah Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey. I thought it was most quarterback to tight end postseason whatever. No, most postseason touchdowns QB receiver duo oh, in NFL history. Okay. Sixteen touchdowns, overtaking Brady and Brock.
0: Very good. All right, that's our show. Back to you tomorrow morning at 7. Jim Rome's next.